No, totally. Matter of fact, uh, compost tea will do the same thing. You can just take. Oh, yeah, concentrate. Yeah, you, sure. yeah, you work. Uh, you just go get like a, a handful, right? And um, I mean, depends on what you got, but let's just say you ghetto about it, right? So get you a sock out the drawer and grab you a handful of the compost, throw it in the sock, tie a knot in that son of a bitch, put it in a five-gallon bucket and agitate it for about two days, three days. Use that water to water your plants, and that's going to be gold. That's a good tip. I'll have to actually do it with the sock just to try it. Be like, yeah, I'm ghetto. <laughs> well, dude, you know, you got to use what works, right? In the sense of like, yeah. it's it basically cheesecloth, you know, fakery kind of you know what i'm saying and so you got to use it right like we uh if anybody comes out into this thinking that everything's gonna fall into place or you ain't gonna have to figure something out you're in the wrong racket like every time (laughs) every every grow season uh anytime you're trying something new so like just buckle up buttercup because you're gonna be on a learning journey you know Inside of the city, the people are crazy. Out of their minds, they ain't got a clue. We gone away, headed west for Montana. Left family and friends, all I got now is you. We both got new jobs, a host and a homestead, thinking this was the life. All that there'd be After our firstborn You had to stay home That's when the work Got in the way for me Well I started Farm hop life You'll come to your farm To help and to wander Me and the family A truck and an RV Send us a message and there will be. This is the Farm Hop Life Podcast, a traveling homestead family. I'm Matt DeRozier. Tonight, my guest is Chicken Whisperer, master of colorful language. So there's your explicit warning. He is on the Space Coast. Never even thought about trying to homestead until three or four years ago. Got chickens for the first year, put a lot of time into learning about them, had a knack for it. He had a ducks and had more plans, but last year really slowed down, started canning and then turned really well for the tomatoes and planned on getting more. And next season, really fo- trying to focus on an herb garden and learning homeopathic thoughts in medicine. That's a that's a lot. You got big aspirations, I think. I mean, once you go yeah. get the herbals. Well, you know what, dude, it, it, it's kind of wild. Like you didn't even realize it was a science, right? Like you, you look and you sit there and you see those uh, those people you, you see uh, watching the videos, you know, the old old wives, you know, the old farmers and, and they're just salt of the earth people. Right. But there was a real science to this. Like if you didn't do things at the right time, if you didn't water enough, if you didn't add enough uh, of the right soil, you know, you, shit dies, you know, and it's like, oh, oh, wow. It's not put it in the dirt, like water it and pray. It really like you got to love this thing, you know, so it was a lot more than, than what you'd ever thought when you walked in the door, you know. No, absolutely. Um, have you have you started your your herb garden or that's you said that's next yeah. season? No, no, we got it. Uh, we got we've got man, I've got a, a, an oregano brain, dude. It's like 
gosh, it's huge. <laughs> and then uh, I got a rosemary that was doing really fantastic. And it's funny about rosemary. Rosemary is almost like you, you got to neglect it almost. Like I tried to water it as much as I did my oregano and it hated my life, you know, almost lost it the first year. And then trim it back, cut it back, uh, you know, and let it re. But man, it just keeps coming back and back and it keeps getting bigger and bigger. Every time you cut it back by the next year, it just grows more and more. And we've got uh, jasmine and we've got uh, Vicks plant. Uh, I've got some toothache plant. Uh, gosh, let's see. We've got quite a few herbs growing. I got two sets of lavender. I got a Spanish and uh, an English lavender. Uh, gosh, I don't know. I guess if I sat down and thought about it, I suppose I should have thought about all this shit. I'm sorry, man. Nah, dude, that's all right. We, we can just riff. That's not a big deal. Some people yeah, have cool. like, you know, take notes cause they're nervous and they know they need to know exactly what they want to say. And, but you're on Twitter spaces all the time. It seems like I yeah. was, whenever I'm scrolling out, there's always a purple ring around your, your uh, profile picture. And so it's like, Oh, well, I, guess yeah, I hang out with the boys too. on there. You know, we got a, there's a good, there's a good set of folks on there, you know, yeah. that uh, are really into what we're into, you know, and, and like, you can learn so much. I learned a great glass water egg trick with some lime, uh, you know, and it like keeps them forever, you know, and so it's amazing. And all you literally do is add the lime mix and the water. Uh, the key point is do not wash off the bloom of the eggs and then put them in, man, they'll last yeah. for years, man. And uh, like just simple things like that, that really just change the game, right? Because like if you start to get a bunch of chickens, you're not necessarily selling your eggs. You're giving your eggs away like candy. You know, you start to still stack up on, you know, two, three dozen. What do you do with them? You know, they're just going to go bad if you ain't careful. Right, right. So, right. you know, once you start learning that, you know, in lime water bathing, you got eggs forever. Even during the slow times, like in the wintertime, like when they slow down on producing you're 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 in abundance so how did you how did you even get into this because because you said that it's only been three or four years so yeah. i mean what what kicked it off for you because you're very oh, like well. adamant about having chickens i mean you're the chicken whisperer yeah yeah no right uh, absolutely actually that's a that's a wild one, man. I would I would I have to Let's give that it. to God, you know. Oh, well, you know. So uh, I had my own business. I was a cannabis consultant for years. Uh, I uh, I had a moment, so to speak. I went to a retreat. Uh, God blessed me with a ticket. I wasn't necessarily anything like Christian or anything like that. Of course, I believe, you know. Sure, there's a God. He probably didn't think much of me. I wasn't that great a guy. You know, that's, that was what I thought about the situation. And uh, sent me off to this wonderful retreat. I didn't know, like, totally lied to me, like, absolutely suckered me into this thing. It was like a $270 ticket. He gave it to me as a gift. He was like, yeah, it's a great thing. It's a leadership thing. You're going to love it for the weekend. It's in the mountains. You're going to have a great time. Totally didn't tell me anything about it being Christian, dude. Right, so I get there, you know, I got, uh, like, two joints to my name. I find out, you know, all these people like literally whip out a Bible and it's like, I'm like, ah! you know, like, what do you do? Right. You know, cause like, what do you do? Right. You're in the mountains. You ain't got your car. You're up there. You're not like this. You got weed. You're like, wait a minute. I might not be in the right spot, but you know, I sat down and I, and I listened to him, you know, uh, and I was there for three days. What the hell else are you going to do? Right. So, I, and you know what, dude, 
they talked about being such a good husband and a good dad and, you know, and, and just a good man, you know? And it's like, what is that? You got to get to start thinking about that. I've been married a long time, had kids, never really thought about what is a good man, you know? Hmm. And so then I went down a spiritual journey and uh, I ended up kind of taking that and we moved out and I went to the desert for about a year, studied a lot of prophecy, um, looked at the things around me, decided that people that ran everything was probably evil. I mean, just kind of seemed that way. (laughs) So it was like, seems like, you know, it, it might be that time. And that's not fun. You know, there's no food, there's no good, there's war in places. There's, and so I started paying attention to these things, man. And uh, as it progressed, I saw what was happening. If you study history, then you kind of see what's coming. And uh, I prayed about it. I prayed diligently. I was like, maybe I'm just, maybe I'm just paranoid or something. I'm seeing this fall apart. And then you know, you read the scripture and you read those things coming, and you're like, nah, this can't be right. It's like, mm, that's crazy. But when you look around and you're like, oh, wow, they really are tearing everything apart. So we got on it. You know, we got on like self-preparedness and, and, you know, trying to do better for ourselves and learning these things, learning about plants, learning about animals. Uh, I went like a lunatic in the sense of like I'm all my yards gone. Like it's all gone. It's all it's all garden beds now. Nice. Uh, Chicken stuff. Yeah, dude. Like my whole front yard's garden beds. And uh I got matter of fact, we got uh, both our grapes up there, our blackberries, our mulberries. Uh, I run my tomatoes around half one of my yard. Uh, the other side's mostly for the herbs. Uh, I've got my orange tree, my lemon tree. Um, uh, oh, I've got my avocado tree up here. And uh, yeah, man, raspberries didn't work. They died miserably, but I gave it a shot. I'm going to try again. But uh, yeah, man, it's just like that. And so really it's all about spiritual awareness of the time and uh praying about it and then the answer i received was prepare and so you know i mean what do you do so that's what i'm doing you know my wife's on board you know she uh she looks around at everything she sees people running the show kind of crazy um thinks this is the best way and over the years all they've done is reinforce our decisions like Right. <laughs> this year, we got more beds in the back. You know what I'm saying? I picked up extra chickens last year. I was like, oh, <laughs> they're really going to fuck this up. Like, you know, seeing the price of food, it's like, oh, man. So, like, what else do you do when everybody that runs things is going to burn it down? You got to prepare the best you can. And this is the way, you know. We've been alive a long time before people needed to tell us what to do. Just got to get back to some of that. Absolutely. Um, man, a couple of questions uh, in that whole the whole story. What is a, did you call it a marijuana consultant or a weed consultant? Cannabis consultant. Cannabis we like consultant. To use, yeah, we, we like to use the, the, the nice word that everybody tolerates well. What does that mean? Oh, well, you know, well, actually, what it ended up being was I was a third party representative for caregivers and I would get um, people that wanted to donate to their grows um, with them. And then they would get a gift for their donations because selling cannabis is illegal. So 
Okay. And I also design and built grows. I, so, you know, I had, I have an understanding, like it, this wasn't like a, I never grew nothing in my life. I had only grown pot in my life. So I understood growing on that level, but you know what? Vegetables ain't fucking pot, dude. I'll tell you that it's different. <laughs> and like, boy, they're some real like finicky, like, uh, you know, like, wow, you're a temperamental son of a bitch. You know what I'm saying? Because you got to talk to your plants. And sometimes you got to give them the pep talk. Be like, what are you doing? You see the rest of these guys? They're green. What are you? You're dying. What's your problem? So, you know, it's great. It's amazing. Oh, man, that's hilarious. Um, uh, from that retreat, do you still keep in contact with any of those uh, people that you were on that retreat with? No, but the guy that sent me, I do. I keep, I keep in contact with him. He's a great guy. Matter of fact, if Definitely. you live in Colorado and you want somebody to talk to about your finances, his name's Doug Owens. He's in Colorado Springs. Very smart man. Ex-rocket scientist. And he moved into the financial business when he retired. Very, very smart guy. Good man. Is he on Twitter? Oh, he's Can also a deacon, too. Uh, I don't, I don't know. He doesn't really do the social media. I mean, he does like Facebook. He's old, you know what I'm saying? So he don't, <laughs> yeah, you know, he goes and he gets all this stuff from church and like, he's just a good, smart guy though. But if you call down to Primerica, Doug Owens and ask to talk to him, he's a great guy. He can probably help you with any financial advice you got. Sure. I got a bunch of cousins in Colorado Springs, so maybe I'll just pop in and see him. Chicken whiskers. Yeah, I would have stayed. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'll DM you my real name if you need it. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, he was actually, he's one of the guys I consulted with when I was like, uh, all right, man, this is what I see. Uh, this is what I feel like is coming. This is what I prayed about. This is my plan. Am I crazy? And he was like, probably not. And so I wish he'd have kind of told me, yeah, because you know, <laughs> I've been a lot less digging in my life here, really. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm yeah. No, I love it, dude. I, I'm going to get fish. Uh, we're going to get fish and rabbits are the, the next step. And probably goats, we're going to try to wound up. But what we want is like one milking goat. And then we want the rest to be little Nubian goats that are like, you know, just for meat every once in a while. Yeah. Uh, they don't eat a lot. You know what I'm saying? And I really just need the milk goat to produce more than anything. And so apparently goats are um, very emotionally lonely creatures. So you can't get just a eh, goat. It doesn't really work. The goat gets depressed and it doesn't produce and it's not a happy goat. So sure. you got to get more than one goat. Right. Absolutely. So that's the overall plan. I figured that out to round up enough meat. And then uh, between like, we started off wild. It was like, well, let's just plant this and see if it grows. But we've kind of like cut out some of the stuff. Like we don't do karabi no more or uh, rhubarbs or, or any of the things. Like even though you want to be growing something, you know, we just kind of tailored down, focused on greens during the winter. We do a, a lot of tomato, broccoli. I'm going to move into potatoes soon. I'm sectioning off an, an entire bed for potatoes. I'm going to try that out first. Uh, I've got mixed feelings on that. I got a lot of people telling me to go with, uh, of all things, yard trash bags with potatoes. So hmm. I don't know, thinking about it. Well, the same principle as tires, right? Like I had an old woman a long time ago tell me about how to grow great potatoes using tires. 
And the reason you can grow uh, extended, like if you're in a colder climate, you can grow extended with them because the black itself takes the heat in and radiates the heat, and of course, keeps everything warm. And you just pull one tire off at a time and harvest your potatoes. So, you know, mm. that's how okay. that, that's kind of, yeah, it was smart, you know? So I'm going to give that a shot. Uh, I hear sweet potatoes do better here being in Florida. You can grow a lot of shit, but you can't grow a lot of shit that you can grow above Florida. If that makes sense. Yep. Yep. Um, how's the soil where you're at? Just super sandy. Crap garbage like <laughs> oh my god like so bad dude and uh but when i first got here i definitely had to, to like purchase some gardening soil but even then you gotta be careful man it was sandy it was like my first year i got sandy compressed like it was so bad i had to get straight loom compost and mix with it to break it up for the next year dude and then and then so i got a municipality and uh They'll, they'll take the native trees and they'll run them through the you know wood chipper and then they'll give you the mulch. You just got to go down there and get it. They'll give you a right. truckload of mulch. No problem. So I've been doing that. And I started that, uh, I don't know, about eight, 18 months ago or so was my first time doing it. So what I did there was I went and I got a whole truckload of fucking mulch, dude. And I just took it and I just dropped it in the backyard and I spread it kind of thin. And then I just used it. I just I threw all of my pine needles on there, all the grass clippings on there. And I'd flip it every once in a while, let the chickens go over there. And they love that shit. And, dude, I just repiled it, repiled it, repiled it, let them spread it out, repiled it, let them spread it out. And that broke down into some of really good soil. So with that idea, I took made a couple of piles of nothing but wood. And I now I just kind of make my own dirt. I got luckily I got a not a water source, mind you, but it's a it's an overflow next to my house that uh fills up for i don't know three months out the year maybe maybe that and uh my wood's right there on the bank so it just saturates soaks up all of that good water i bust into that right now flip it over there's worms everywhere dude they love it so that's what i use now dude that's a pretty sweet setup then how much oh i love it what uh what size property are you on all right about half little over half acre you know that's amazing it's not oh dude every scrap inch is used see that's what i'm taught like what i've said before is people on smaller acreages like they're forced to work with what they have and so they actually in most cases will produce more than people that have say like an acre or five acres because when you when you have more acreage, you actually kind of get lazy. Like, well, I've got all this acreage. Like I can just have some, my fruit trees over there and my garden beds over here and my animals over here. Whereas like what well, you're doing, all stuff your stuff is it. stacked. Well, keeping stuff out of it is so hard if you spread it out like that, dude. If you don't have it in, you know, an organized That's fashion, true. keeping your rabbits, your squirrels and shit like that, unless you want to like fence it in like Fort Knox and, I do that for the chickens. I can't afford it for the vegetables. Right. Um, so so you've got you didn't say raised beds, but you brought in your own dirt. Are you using yeah, raised, raised beds or no? Oh, okay. Yeah, yep, raised beds. What'd you make them out of? Um well, really, man, I just drove around all the so I get all my scrap wood from building sites, right? You go mm-hmm. and you hit the building sites and you hit their dumpster, dude, and they're throwing out half sheets. 
slowed down a little bit when uh the wood got pricey you know oh yeah but even then you'd be surprised dude i'll roll up on dumpsters and think to myself dude i'll fire somebody at this job they threw this good shit away <laughs> so like really man it's just all a bunch of wood i've got just from everywhere one of uh, like i don't know three of my beds is built out of a dock a guy gave me that i that told me i could have all the scrap wood from that uh i learned a neat trick and so I'm using pallets, right? And so underneath, in the back, I've got pallets. And so what I did was, is I took them up three high and I took the top layer of wood out the other one, right? Out the top one. And then I put my sides around it. So I've got like two foot sides along with the dip down into the pallet. And then I took um, just weed barrier cloth, the black weed barrier cloth stuff. And I just stapled it at the bottom, click, click, clack. And I threw dirt on that, dude, and it, it's great. It's so great. It keeps my animals out of it. No bunnies, no squirrels, no nothing get in it. Uh, I mean, dude, it's worked out really great. Uh, I think I might have might have wanted to make them a little deeper on a couple of them, but uh, I don't know. Then it comes to, like, once you put in all that dirt, that's a lot of dirt, you know. So if you And you don't really need Hugo culture in that because the pallets will break down and give you a little acid. It's very good for it. So, you know, it's like, I don't know. It's been working great, though. And then putting my strawberries up. I got my strawberries up. I used an old scrap piece of gutter I got. And mm-hmm. uh, it's, God, I don't know, 12 feet long. And it goes above my, uh, I wish it was daylight. I'd, I'd take it out back and show it. But uh, it goes above where my garden is. It's like the top of where you walk in to get to gotcha. the main bed of my garden in the back. And so my strawberries grow on top of that and it keeps them up off the ground and it keeps the bugs away from them. Dude, I was playing hell with these ants. Florida and ants, I wouldn't be surprised the whole state just got up and moved one day because it really was just an ant the whole time. <laughs> so do strawberries not need that much like depth of soil then if you can grow them in a gutter? No. Don't need depth of soil really at all. Yeah, the runners go that way. Yeah. And even then they're just they're not deep rooted plants. Interesting. Okay. I think I've seen that gutter thing before, but I was like, hmm. Yeah, I totally stole it, dude. I was like, every man, dude, for two years straight, they just mal I might get a handful of strawberries for the kids. Everything else was the squirrels and the bugs. And and the chickens, right? Because when they're half gone, chickens are excited because you know. So, but this worked out way better. Uh in the dead summer, it's a little rough on them in the sense that they brown a little bit on the on the leaves. You just kind of got to keep them watered extra good, you know. Uh, I ain't quite figured that part out yet, but I think if I build my next one underneath this shaded area I got in the afternoon sun, because I think it's the afternoon sun getting me. Dude, that's another thing. Where your sun is at 10 a.m. and 4 o'clock fucking mean the world to your plants. Who'd have known, right? And it's like... Right. Just something as simple as shadow for an hour will like half the size of one of your plants, dude. It's like so sure. wild. <laughs> I put my uh, I put my raised beds in a really dumb spot. They are <laughs> on the west, I guess, like the westish side of my house, and so it's not until like I don't know in the in peak summer. It's not almost until noon that they start to see the sun. And right. so it's like, well, well, damn, I'm gonna have to just like push them further out or completely, completely tear them down and do something, do something different. But 
I, I do wonder about use that. Them for your greens. Use them for your greens during the summer. Like if, if you got enough shade, you know what I'm saying? You can run your greens a lot longer. So you can run your spinach, your kale, your uh, 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 some people use that bok choy, you know. Uh, you can run those a lot longer when this, if the shades kind of on them and really, man, it's that, uh, 12 o'clock to three o'clock sun. That's like the hardest hitting. So, you know, if you got something to burn, that'd be the time to watch it. But, uh, nah, man, I, I try to use my shade to my advantage because I only got so many places to put beds. Mm-hmm. I've got a couple places I tried, you know, you do what you can, but after two years, I can't get them to produce. So I had to relocate them. But you use that for like your water storage and stuff like that, right? Like I got sure. over here right above my shoulder, I got a 300 gallon tank right here and it's on a corner nice. spot, gets nothing but shade, you know? And I was like, all right. So I just extended a gutter piece out to kind of run it over there, you know? And that's really what you do. All your shady spots is where you put your storage shit and all your sunny spots is where you grow shit. Like, and that's just <laughs> how it works. Um. So what, what other stuff have you tried that has worked well? Uh, Any worked well. Plant or um, trees? Like, how's your avocado plant doing? Avocado's doing good. It takes about three years to start producing. That's one thing. Um, everything takes a little longer to produce than you want it to. You know, oh, I got some Barbados cherries. They produced the first year, you know, but only like right at the bottom. So I'm expecting more out of that. Mm. But those are supposed to be big producers. Uh, the blackberries. This their first. Uh, this be. Yeah, they got a solid year in here real soon. So they'll have their solid year in. I imagine next season they're going to be blowing it out good. The grapes did all right last year, uh, a little earlier than expected. You know, a lot of that has to do when you get when you get what you're going to plant make sure it's over a year old you know go ahead and spend the extra 10 bucks because that's 10 bucks buying you a year i promise so like yeah. go on and do that get it two to three years and then it'll be producing it might take a little six months seven months shot to get right it depends on what time really you plant it if you plant it early spring it'll be fine by summer if you plant it early fall it'll be fine by winter if you plant it somewhere in between you know it might not be till next season but uh Really, man, that that's the thing that I it's once these um forevers start producing, I feel like I'm succeeding. You know, that's really what that's about. Anything you can get that once it's in and done and then all you got to do is feed it and water it, check it for bugs every once in a while. That's that's your that's your goal. I mean, that's that's all you because you only got so much energy and you know you're trying to build something big so you want as many things that are set up like a snare or a drop trap that you can get where all you got to do is walk by and get the food and then keep going so it's like that's that's that get your berries get your nuts you know get your trees get your apples get your get your peaches those kinds of things really and you got to think about it like this let's just say shit only goes just the way it's going well, look at logistics. You know what I'm saying? You see what's coming off the shelf. You see what's harder to get on the shelf, what's more expensive on the shelf. These are all very important, you know. And this this is just going to kind of amplify if you think about it. Like, so, so last year they made them cut all that wheat, all that soy, right? And then the prices got jacked and the fertilizer was off. So let's say 
they planted with their normal season thinking they was going to get 100% of their average yield. Well, they didn't have fertilizer. They didn't know that, though, when they planted. So they planted like they were going to have fertilizer. And then the fertilizer they could afford only gave them 70% of their normal yield. Well, if you're talking food and then seed and then uh, stuff for the cows and animals, we're already going to get kind of shorted, right? And then look what's going out with the meat. They had us kill the meat. So the meat's not going to be enough to, I mean, of course, there will be some reproduction, but look at how much you slim that out. So automatically, we're going to have less animals next year. Automatically, we're going to have less vegetables, less wheat, less soy, less corn. These staples, you know, so we know it's going to kind of come because it's out of our hands. We can't control that aspect of it. Right. All you can control is what you're growing in your backyard. That's right. Or in that your is case, right. your front yard. Every piece of yard I could possibly grow. I got a plant. I literally reach over here, pick you up a plant, reach over here, got to show you my seeds. Like, dude, I got, we got tons of herbs already that we've got dried, that we've gotten set out. Uh, even stuff I just had to get. Yeah, no, yeah, I want more. I want more. I want some elderberry, uh, you know, some yucca, some uh, – uh, I want quite a bit more, actually. Uh, there's more to get. There's always more. Like, it's amazing, actually. What's some stuff that hasn't worked for you, though? Like, what are just like, wow, that failed hard? Corn here. Like, me trying to get corn to work here has been I can see that. Impossible. Oh, dude, it's so bad. Not only is it like, it's just not getting the size you want it to, you know? It's like, dude, I got so many bugs to deal with when it comes to the corn, and I don't know why. It's like, it's the worst thing that gets bugs for me. I mean, my tomatoes will go forever, and uh, until I got to deal with the hornworm, you know, here and there. Other than that, it'd be great. Uh, I, I really just, I don't know what it is with corn, to be honest with you. I just can't fuck with it i'm not good at it <laughs> it's difficult here too and i'm not really sure why i also ne- neglected mine pretty heavily and you go to like peel back like you know like you shuck the corn and it's like it's like spotted like there's like half right. developed kernels like it looks it looks super weird and like yeah even the chickens are like you want me to eat this this is <laughs> I will say my chickens did enjoy, you know what I'm saying? But they, they had a, you ever seen a corn, like corn silkworm, dude? They're fucking Mm-mm. retardedly up there, dude. They're so bad. And it's like you peel it down. There's this bug in there. You're like, ah, oh, ah, oh, you know, because you think it looks good. And you peel it down and there it is. You're like, man, what the? F-? I didn't get out one ear of corn to work for me last year, dude. I gave up. I'm like, told my oh, wife, I have seen these things. <laughs> yeah, dude. These things. Dude, I hate those things, dude. It's like so ridiculous. Uh, but see, so corn was a bad one for me. Um, uh, I don't know. I, I've kind of won with a lot. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I, my raspberries, fuck, I failed miserably. I even took care of them. I don't know what the hell happened, but this started, these, it was like, it just, all the leaves started turning black and it just, and it walked slow as Christmas, dude. It took it, I don't know, a month or two and it's slow as Christmas. Come out, two more leaves black. Come out, two more leaves black. Come out, two more leaves black. You're like, what the fuck? I fed it. (laughs) I watered it. You know, I talked to it. I pepped it. 
I was like, I don't know, man. So that was another failure on my part uh, was raspberries. Oh, and, and what was that? I think it was a kiwi and I didn't know you were supposed to get two kiwis. So I had a kiwi growing for like oh. two years that never gave me shit. I got mad at it, cut it down and yanked it out the spot to put something else in. And then it was like a couple of weeks later when I was bitching about it. Somebody's like, oh, yeah, you just needed another kiwi. I was like, oh, oh. So I'm stupid. Oh, I see. My fault. That happens. I get it. Yeah. So I'm going to try Kiwi again eventually. You got a specific kind that you uh, are shooting for? No, just whatever works. I, I consult like when I go to like get specific on it, um, mm -hmm. like I want to be real specific with my peaches because there's very few peaches that grow in Florida. And so okay. it's like uh, I, I look at a uh, Southern Florida University, uh, or South Florida University, uh, they do, they have been genetically making plants that work in Florida. That's how I even got the grapes I got because I got Florida specific grapes. They had to cross them with uh, muscadine for the thickness of the skin with a bunch grape for the sweetness just to even make it work here in this temperate. So That's like there are some very specific Florida things that really grow their ass off here. Hmm. Yeah, well, we're definitely going to need it. That's for sure. What's indeed? What's been the biggest challenge you faced so far? Myself, like just serious. knowledge, or you know what, dude? Like not being organized as as like I should be. Like I can't tell you two years in a row. I had to wait till shit popped before I remembered what it was. Cause like the first time I tried to write it directly on the tray, but then the water washed it off when I would water in the seed trays. Right. So I'm stupid. And then later on, I was like, Oh, I got smart. I'm gonna put this tape on there. And then I wrote on the tape and you know what the tape bled through and like got watered and everything was so water me and ink, not my friend. So it's like, and I smoke an enormous amount of pot. You understand? So like trying to remember all this shit, probably not going to happen. Um, I actually, I used a, a label maker and like, you know, if, if you, I don't know what you do for work now, but if you had a label maker at work, you just go print all the labels and then put them right on the, uh, side of the tray. For no, absolutely. No, I totally actually need one of those. You remember them old school things when we were a kid and you would like click, click, click. Yeah, and make the actually. Little, yeah, dude. Little tape and things. like you, you squeeze That's it to one. punch the, yeah, that'll work. That's the one. That's the one. And uh, I've done a lot better. I'm getting better. I use my whiteboard, uh, and I'll put lists on my whiteboard to help me remember. Uh, but really, it's just about that, you know, and then, like, popping the seeds and getting them in the ground at the right time, you know, not waiting, you know, an extra week because you're you're trying to get something else to finish or you're trying – you know, you, you're timing, dude. Like, your timing is everything on this. And like I, me, I'm the biggest obstacle I got. Sure. I mean, we're trying to, in a season, you know, do what Mother Nature does over a couple of years could be like to do it naturally. Right. And so, That's like, right. so like a tomato will grow in the wild. It just needs the absolute like bat like right conditions for it to take hold in the wild and you know, maybe, maybe even if it does sprout, 
something will probably come by and eat it. But if it actually does get tall enough to where it does produce, well, maybe something happened and like, you know, bees don't pollinate or something. I don't know. Literally anything could go wrong. And so, you know, we're maybe we're a little too hard on ourselves when when something doesn't go right. No, and that's fair. And that's fair. It's, uh, you know, I, I don't let, I don't like beat myself up over it. I do pray about it. I'm like, man, dude, like, can you like slap me in my head or something? Sometimes <laughs> like hit me on a button or something, you know? And, uh, but <laughs> when it came to learning, you know, like, oh man. So you ever heard of the soil web? Uh, vaguely. Yeah. Can you explain it? Yeah, absolutely. So the soil web is like um, the biology of your soil. And, and it, you mean that in, in the truest sense of all the way down to the bacterial elements of it, right? Okay. And so what you learn is, is that your soil has to have war going on between this bacteria, between like good nematodes and bad nematodes and good fungal nematodes and bad fungal nematodes. They need to go to war in your soil and you have right. to provide the environment for them to do that. The reason is, is because the bodies that come from that war are the bioavailability of your nutrients and it's your carbon. So like when you're getting rid of these, these, when you're getting rid of insects of any kind, you have to keep in mind that when you use certain poisons, most of them really, you're killing off the good ones too. It's not yeah. just the bad ones you're killing. And that's why your soil always has to have vitamins put in it because you don't combat the bad with good and allow the bodies to um, give nutrients to your plants. And so I've been studying a lot about soil web and then compost production. Compost is your lifesaver. It makes everything work. Like even if you suck at some things, your compost can save your life. Uh, and really it's about getting that down pat and, uh, dude, I'm telling you any free wood chips you can get are your friend. You want them. I've, I've heard of a, um, compost method called Johnson Sioux. It's, uh, you basically take a, like a concrete, like mesh, hoop like you make it's like five feet tall and you make a hoop around it and then you have um the one in the middle pipes well i think you have at least one i think the ones when they did they did it it was like five so you have perforated pipe that allow air into into this container and then you also have to line it with um landscape fabric to bait, so it doesn't like basically fall out and so you put all your yeah. stuff in and get it wet or whatever and you have to let it sit for like nine to 12 months and it's like the best compost you could possibly make supposedly and the guy i listened to he's like if i've got a plant that's not looking very good i'll take a little bit of this compost and it's like it has like a clay like texture i guess to it when it's ready and he's like i make a little ball and i pull back some of the dirt and put it right at the root, like basically at the base of the plant and put the dirt back. And like that thing will spring back in like a day or two. Like it's just like, it's like medicine for, for plants. No, totally. Matter of fact, uh, compost tea will do the same thing. You can just take oh, yeah. concentrate. Uh, yeah, sure. you, yeah. You work, uh, you just go get like a, a handful. Right. And, um, uh, I mean, 
depends on what you got, but let's just say you ghetto about it, right? So get you a sock out the drawer and grab you a handful of the compost, throw it in the sock, tie a knot in that son of a bitch, put it in a five-gallon bucket and agitate it for about two days, three days. Use that water to water your plants, and that's going to be gold. That's a good tip. I'll have to actually do it with the sock just to try it. You're like, yeah, I'm ghetto. <laughs> well, dude, you know, you got to use what works, right? In the sense of like, yeah. it's it basically cheesecloth, you know, fakery kind of, you know what I'm saying? And so yep. you got to use it, right? Like we, uh, if anybody comes out into this thinking that everything's going to fall into place or you ain't going to have to figure something out, you're in the wrong racket. Like every time, every every grow season, uh, anytime you're trying something new. So like, just buckle up, Buttercup, because you're going to be on a learning journey, you know? <laughs> learning journey, I like it. Um, what's the best part about it? Dude, the first tomato sandwich I ever made with a tomato I'd grown was probably one of the best sandwiches I ever had in my life. You feel me? Yeah. You know, first time my wife took the cucumbers, the onions, the tomato, made up a little, like, I don't know, cucumber salad or whatever, shit the hippies eat. I don't know. I gave it a shot. It was amazing. It was amazing. All vegetables out of my garden. No fucking clue that I could even do these things, right? Right. Chickens, right? The first time, you know, you ever had to really have a moment where you took care of your animals, right? They were sick. You brought it back to health. You saved its life. Dude, you feel like you're fucking Superman. You feel like, oh, wow. You know what I'm saying? Like, how can we even do this? You know? And it's like, those are the moments, you know, the moments that they don't tell you you can have that they tell you, you got to buy from a store or you got to rent from somebody else, you know? It's those moments that tell you that you might not have to die if it was just you. And that's the shit that makes you strong, you know. Um, can you, what kind of sicknesses have hit your chickens? Oh, dude, I got flocks pox my first year. I don't know. What uh, that and is. that's an easy. Oh, dude, it's like chicken pox for uh, your chickens, but it'll go down their throat and it'll, uh, it'll, It'll kill them eventually because they get infections. Oh. They get like thrush. You're right. So it'll start on the uh, outsides. And apparently, which I didn't know this, uh, like you could even pick up flox pox from other, like if you're visiting chickens, you can bring back flox pox to your, your group. But the minute I found out what it was, which, you know, you do your diligence, you look at it. I started searching for homeopathic ways and dude, the shit they wanted me to do to them chickens to give them uh, the, the certain medicines to get them uh, vaccinated, to give them that, you know, all kind of shit, right? Uh-uh. No. Took a half ounce of, uh, of olive oil, eight drops of lavender, eight drops of oregano oil, shake that shit up, put it on twice a day. Shit will go away and it won't spread. Also helps to diatomaceous earth your coop real good if you get that. Because you don't want insects in there biting one, carrying it to the other. So you minimize, right? So you give them a real good uh, dosing of diatomaceous. Insects can't land on nothing, right? It's like little forest of glass. And, uh, yeah, that, that shit, them or something. Yeah, no, it's perfect. Yeah, no, I love diatomaceous. Matter of fact, uh, food-grade diatomaceous earth, 
I do recommend that. It's a parasite cleanse. You just take one little teaspoon. I use a eight ounce little water bottle. Same little, just fill it up, put your teaspoon in, put your top on, shake that shit up, kill it, do it for 10 days straight. It's a parasite cleanse. Hmm. Food grade, diatomaceous only. Uh, <laughs> so I recommend that for you, your animals, just having around as a great deterrent. So, uh, yeah, that was probably a big one. I did lose, losing, um, losing animals sucks, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, Twinkle Star. Uh, I let my kids name the things we keep. So, talking about, uh, right, Twinkle Star and uh, Flappy McFloppy Feet, uh, which is our duck. So, that was the pair of ducks. And then Twinkle Star, I'm afraid, passed. Now we got Jelly Bean in downtown Brown with Quackster. So that it, uh, you know, no depression or anything. But so this is my first big event, though. Right. I wasn't yeah. putting enough calcium in their food. And I didn't realize that. Right. Yeah. I was like, no, no, don't eat broken eggshells because I didn't know no better. Right. <laughs> and I wasn't adding oyster shell because I didn't know no better. <laughs> this ain't stuff they tell you. You know what I'm saying? Like when you pick up the chicks, this is like shit they ought to put on a list. And so uh, my dog got egg bound. And she hemorrhaged, you know. Oh no. We didn't know what the hell to do. We didn't know what the hell to do, right? So we ran around like lunatics. Uh even went to the vet, tried to take it to the vet. The vet's like, dude, that's a farm animal, dog. We can't do nothing for it. Finally we got a vet that felt sorry for her, put her out of misery. That's the best we could get. That Dang. was an experience. Yeah. And so uh that's that's the only one I've lost like that, though. I, I made sure now to do a lot better. But I've learned a whole lot since then. That first year with chickens was a real learning experience. A lot of, like, wins, but a lot of, like, you know, sad moments. You know what I'm saying? When it comes to, like, death and shit or, like, uh, when they were sick, I didn't know that they were going to make it. Just kind of stuff like that. You get attached to the damn things, you know? You start to – they got personalities. They're great, you know? They come out and yeah. see you in the morning run up to you they want they want love and attention you know what what do you do right they're great so you being the chicken whisperer what do you like more chickens or ducks chickens 100 percent. do not get those little pooping bastard duck poop bazookas unless that's just your thing dude like if you like ducks more power to you but poop bazookas dude i shit you not they will shit for you <laughs> That's interesting you have that take because a lot of people, um, I'd say a majority of them, be like, oh, yeah, ducks, way better than chickens. And I, I guess I've never had ducks, so I can't make the comparison for myself. Well, you know, like personality-wise, they're cool. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like the only bird I've, I've had that we didn't really prefer was quail. Quail are vicious and kind of stupid and cannibalistic, so – yeah, they're not exciting. Like when you send your eight-year-old out to feed the quail and, you know, there's four of them eating another quail, you know, they're like, oh, that's that's exciting. So that was a talk. So, yeah, that is the end of the quails. But, uh, yeah. and But, no, as for the ducks, they're cool personality-wise, dude. But I'll be frank with you. They'll run around and hide their damn eggs. Little bastards will put eggs underneath everything just because they know you got to crawl under there to get it. And, uh they they're party animals like right now if i took the phone back there and walk back there you'd and they just start talking to me about whatever 
And um, so they're like party animals. They don't sleep in the coop. They refuse to sleep in the coop. I got like three places for the ducks to sleep. They pick where they want. They're party animals. I don't know what to say. And so I guess that's the reason. It's just more like, you know, chickens are real convenient. Like in the sense, they tend to lay the eggs in the same spot. You got food, they'll do anything you say. So like a whole lot more cooperative in my opinion. Sure. I have... I've heard people like have trained their ducks to like, you know, to march off to bed essentially. And I was like, I wonder if that works for chickens. And so I started doing this thing where like, oh, chickens go to bed. And I just would do that. I don't know, maybe like 10 times like while like gently like hurting them. And after, I don't know, two weeks, they just started going. I'd start clapping and like they started going in the coop. So perfect. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. No, like my, my, my chickens are like, they love me. They're so easy for me. They're like in the morning, open up the gate. They're fine. They come out they have a great time. They hang out in their yard. They've got a huge yard. And so it's like they hang out. They got a quarter of my backyard actually. So they own all of that. And when I walk into that part of the backyard, it's their world. And so, uh, and they're great dude. And then I'll walk back sometime in the evening after dark and shut the gate. No big deal. They're already in there. They'll burp, burp at me. That'd be about it. So they're so easy, dude. Uh, I got my nesting boxes in a real convenient spot for them. They're just, they're great. You feed them, you talk to them, you pet them. They burp, burp. They do funny shit and they give you eggs. They're like the only pet that pays rent, basically. That's true. That's true. So you've only been at this for like three or four years. If someone had told you 10 years ago you'd be homesteading, what would you say? <laughs> No. <laughs> I just laugh. Like that, that's like saying, like telling them, like that's for hippies, or like what would you say? <laughs> no, man, I wore shiny shoes and slacks. I sold drugs for a living. I was not going to be doing <laughs> that. You understand? I was not going to be getting my hands that dirty. I loved shirts at one time. Now I fucking hate them. You know what I'm saying? I loved shiny shoes at one time. Now I can't stand socks. You feel me? <laughs> uh, like nah man my whole world's different now like it's something something about it you put your hands in that dirt man you pet mm-hmm. them animals you know you you walk out in the morning you just feel the life in your yard you know there's nothing that replaces that so nah I ain't no going back I know that but if you'd have told me 10 years ago that this is what I'd be doing and that I'd even enjoy making soap, I'd have been like you, smoke crack, dog. I can't <laughs> help you with that thought process. So, like, it just, I don't know. It just, nah, wouldn't have been me. Now, shit, I feel like I wasted so much of my life uh, not learning these things. You know, sure. like, because it, for one, it's beautiful. It's it's amazing. Like it teaches you about the world around you, shows you about the creator and the creation, you know, and it and it makes you appreciate simple, simple things. Do you still have any friends from your prior, let's just call it your prior life, that like saw your transition from what you were doing to what you're doing now? Like are they still around or are they like Nah, that's that's weird. You're too far gone. <laughs> nah, it ain't like that necessarily. I can still make phone calls if I needed to, so to speak. But like, uh, 
Nah, man, we're different. It's all different, different roads now. So, sure. guy, I'm buying this place from even. Uh, shit, we were home team for 20 years, man. You know, uh, we started out doing bad things together, you know. But even he don't look at, you know, he's like, all right, man, you know. And now I suppose with everything the way it is, if we, we had that re-talking about it, you know, because I ain't talked to him about why I was doing this for a long time, you know. And uh, I suppose if we re-talked about it, he might have a different attitude. But uh, nah, it is what it is, man. You know, folks got to make choices, you know. Absolutely. We got a comment here from Steady Presence. Uh, I'm so glad he's come into homesteading. It's healing. Oh, man. Yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah. Not even just you your soul, but your understanding of life, your uh, respect for humanity, for people, for, for everything, really. I mean, doesn't it teach you respect, you know, when, when you see it all breaking down in your world and you start to realize what it is people go through and have been through, right? Like think of all the people that did this for a lifestyle, not for a choice, like because they had no choice. Those that was the, the biggest salt of the earth we ever had were in those people, man. So like that's where I, I get my understanding. Uh, like I say, I regret not taking this path a lot longer ago. It's so you talked about like liking, uh, you know, nice shirts and pants and shiny shoes. And and now you wear overalls and you're you, you sent me this funny. You sent me a funny comment earlier today. Like overalls are the best thing ever. And like, why, yes. why, why the, why the overalls? Oh shit, dude. Do you know how much shit I can keep in my overalls? You know how many tools I can carry in my back pocket, put my phone in my front pocket so I don't break it when I squat down and when I'm lifting. Dude, I love my overalls, man. They're like the best thing ever. Like why the hell we took these out of general circulation? I don't know. I don't think these kids know what they're missing. I do like wearing them in the winter. They're kind of cozy. I mean, mine are insulated too, but I'm I'm in Montana. I'm not in I'm not in Florida. So, <laughs> yeah. See, to me, snow definitely evil. If you could like place something on an evil list, snow would have to go on it. I'm just not know, a fan. <laughs> dude, when you got we got snow covered mountains from my deck, dude. That's that's pretty nice. That that's a nice. No, nah, it was beautiful in Colorado. It was beautiful. Don't get me wrong. Garden of the Gods was one of my hangout spots. Pikes Peak's amazing. You see how I'm dressed right now? I'll be dressed like this till January. Okay, so I don't. Uh... When when do you break up the socks? When do you mm. put socks on? You said you hated socks. Probably January, February, maybe January, February, probably. Yeah, no, man. This is this is the running gear right here. Slides <laughs> everywhere I go. Fuck all the dumb shit. There ain't no reason for it here. It's perfect. So, um. You have how many? Do you care to share how many kids you have? Oh yeah, I got five kids. Five kids. Do you homeschool mm-hmm. them all? That, the the great big one that you just saw—that's my oldest. Nice. Do you homeschool all of them? Yes. Now, yeah, now for sure. Now after the mask shit, now my kids wouldn't get no fucking mask put on them. You know, <laughs> pumping them full of crap. No way, dude. Uh, I protested school board here i was like it was it this was one of the 16 oh man if i could oh, sit dude, down at that school stand. board meeting with you there i would have brought oh. everyone popcorn oh dude they they could stand me dude don't give me the bullhorn uh 
if anyway, is it like that bad, right? And so it's like we talked about it, but I will say here in Florida, they're fixing it. So I'm talking to the wife about it. We're considering putting them back in school because like they're fixing the uh the history lessons. They're taking all that weird shit out of there. <laughs> now nah, you know what I mean? So it's like I sure, wanna yeah. give them a shot, you know? Like, yeah, I mean that's the that's the trust, right? Like we gave them all of this trust. We allowed them to be the the forebearers of this institution that they demand we put our children in uh the least they can do is not fucking break them i mean i feel like that's a fair request right yep. so like uh when you get to that point where you're sitting there and they wouldn't give you an exemption for any reason whatsoever right no religious exemption no no medical exemption, nothing right they wouldn't give you no exemptions we said screw it and so like especially these last i guess three years pretty much almost uh the first time was because of the woke nonsense and the last two years was because of the covid nonsense so it's just been no choice really how are the kids liking uh homeschooling do they like it or would they want to go back to school or so they got two weeks they got two weeks to give it a shot in school uh not this last year let's see yeah it wasn't this year when we put them in but it was the other one. And uh, we was arguing with the school board, right? And they, so the governor had said, he signed a thing, no mask, no vaccine for school. Kids wasn't going to be bothered. Literally, two weeks later, this district decides, you know, fuck him, they're going to do what they want kind of thing, and fuck all the parents. So, okay. So we start our little battle back and forth. So my kid was in school, well, three of them were. Uh, one of them was in middle school, and that's the one that really gave me the feedback. You know what I'm saying? And then my other two started elementary school. Other two, peaks and valleys, they didn't have nothing bad to say about it except for my son, Memphis. They made him because he wouldn't mask and no vaccine. They made him and the other kids that were in that boat eat completely away from the other children all the way to the outside tables ostracized made them feel like you know they wasn't a part of the group you know yeah. and uh, as a matter of fact that was his last day there was when that happened and uh yeah we snatched him out and and but my daughter man she told me about these middle school kids man they're fucked up bro like they're it is so bad it is so scary uh like she was telling me about all of these kids that just didn't know who, nothing, nothing about who they were. No foundation whatsoever, man. She, she was counseling these kids, you know? And it's like, and that was the scariest thing. And she, she didn't necessarily like, she wasn't like, I won't go back, you know? But she was like, I don't want to be involved in all that. Those folks are crazy. And, uh, you know, what, what could I say? You know, I mean, she's got boys coming, start talking to her about, I don't know if I want to be a girl or not. That's not our world, bro. So, you know, when she's talking this talk, she's trying to tell old boy, you're a boy, dude. You know, I don't care what's going on here, you know. <laughs> and like, so what do you do? Right. And so it's like, I don't know, man. But but Florida, it, like I said, I got hope. I got faith. I pray. I'm watching. It seems like. It's going to be better a lot sooner than later. Would that help us? If we could trust them, yeah. I mean, I ain't going to give up. Just to go for one of us to go make more money doing some shit 
we're not going to give our kids up and sacrifice their, their mind and their hearts, you know? So whatever, you know what I'm saying? My youngest is eight. It ain't that long till school's done. Do what we got to do. Sure. So how, how was that transition then from, you know, okay, they're in school. You don't like what the school's doing. All right. Pulling you out. It was, it was interesting in the sense of like, you know, so I'm dealing with like eighth grade, third grade, first grade, you know what I'm saying? So it's like <laughs> trying to, to work all that out. Keep in mind, you're talking to a 10th grade dropout, you know what I'm saying? Who didn't have any good parents. So I didn't know what the hell I was doing, but it turns out we did actually really well. Um, we had to take a state and state get you to take an evaluation every couple of years, you know, to see, make sure you're, you're not, you know, making your kids retarded. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I get it, you know, but they did great. Like the, cause we got to pay for this evaluation. Right. So we got the teacher, whatever. You just got to find a retired teacher. They're all over Florida. They do these evaluations. He was like, our kids did fantastic. So like, as it stands comparatively, we're winning. So I can't ask for more than that. I might not be teaching them rocket science shit, but we're winning. So there's that. Any any reliance or reaching out to like other homesteading groups or not homesteading, uh, homeschooling groups? We've looked at the, uh, you know, like the little blogs and stuff. We, we didn't get with a group here. Uh, I'll be real with you, man. I'm a very unorthodox person, if you can't tell. So yeah, I can tell. Getting in groups <laughs> with normies is not my thing. You got to find non-normies. Where do you, <laughs> where do you hang out? See if see if those people will uh, homeschool their kids with you. <laughs> no, that'd be fun. No, well, you know, I mean, I I suppose in the beginning it would have been like probably helpful. You know, what I'm saying trying to work out like things to do and like. Uh, you know, things away from home, you know, where they got more people and stuff, you know. Uh, but we've managed to, to figure some of that stuff out. And then my kids, are they're blessed with this neighborhood in the sense of, like, all of the people around here love my kids. So it's like, like, my kids can go to the house right there, to the house right there, to the house over there, no problem. House over here, no fucking problem. Knock the door. Hang out with the old people the whole nine yards. They love them to nice. death. So, yeah, no, I... Dude, I'm so blessed where I'm at. Like, I couldn't have planned it. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, it's great. It's I, I feel very grateful that the Father put all this on our heart and, and, and helped move heaven and earth to get us here, in my opinion. So I, I, I can't ask for more than that. That's that's really good feeling. I'm my my oldest is two, so I've got a long ways until i get to where you're at but i i can't imagine the the feeling that you have so oh man they make you better and it's every kid is different right every kid makes you challenge a part of yourself you didn't know you'd have to challenge you know what i mean mm -hmm. so it's like each one of them even though they're raised in the same environments obviously are going to have wildly different personalities which is like the craziest thing so it's like they, 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 they ask you to reach in yourself and find out how to negotiate with them as an individual person, you know? 
So they make you better in every way possible because what's on the line is not only their future. It's, it's, you know, how they think of you, how, you know, the respect level of life, what you want them to perceive in life, you know? So they, it's all so beautiful, man, when it comes down to it, it's, it's the hardest, greatest thing you've ever done. I promise. And to, uh, to come back, steady, steady, the whole thing of homeschooling, not making your kids retarded. So yes, that is, that, that, was that is a, that is a bonus. Yeah, no, right. You got to have a goal, right? Not retarded should be like top of the list on that goal. And, uh, but you know, we watch unorthodox things, right? Yeah. Right. It's a benchmark, right? So like, uh, so I don't know if you've ever, uh, so like, uh, this one thing is called sprouts and, and it's good. It's, it's on YouTube and, um, they do a yeah. lot of, uh, critical thinking lessons and things like that. And then I use after school. I don't know if you've ever heard of that. It's also very good. Also geared towards critical thinking, uh, skills. I think I've heard of right now as well. I haven't heard of that one. I had to check that out. O-U-T, uh, I, out school. No, I definitely would have to check that out. I, I love those things, dude. Like, yeah. uh, I, I try to use uh, animated, intelligent kind of teaching. You know what I mean? Because the animated aspects will keep them a little interested in it, while the, the substance of it is probably a little above their pay grade uh, on some things. Anyway, some of them, I, I mean, they blow me away at what they understand. Yeah. Like my boy, that was just my 10 year old that just came over talking to me. Uh, right now we're watching the art of war. And so the, you got an animated breakdown of the art of war that breaks That's down cool. the chapter. Yeah. It, it's it's really great. That. Dude. It's so good. And uh, after I watched it, I was like, gotta get this to my kid. So like, uh, so good. Just look up art of war animated. It'll give you and then playlist and then you'll have all of them right there. So we're going through that right now. And, and because it's animated, right, kind of keeps them a little interested in it. Now we form conversations about it. And we've talked about each one of these lessons because it's only like one a day for them. And, uh, and that's just recently what we're studying. But, I mean, I got, I got no problem breaking out um, Greek philosophy on them, you know, uh, metacognition, you know, um, how to break down thinking skills, you know, like, what am I thinking about? Why am I thinking about it? What good is it? You know, like metacognition, right? So like, it, this is, it, I don't know that I even know what I need to teach them, but I do know that I need to teach them how to think. So when they learn something, they understand it. And I, I think that that's really my basic goal set is to just yeah. teach them how to think, you know, not what to think. So that that's kind of like where I'm at. And uh, like I said, I, they might end up back in school if people stick to their promises, you know, but we know how that fucking bored. goes. <laughs> <laughs> that could be actually, that actually could be. Uh, but, you know, it, it's, it's one of the things that'd be a good lesson for them too. Cause you know, sometimes we got to learn to uh, grind out the time just to get through it kind of thing so you gotta you gotta have an aspect of patience in yourself like that so uh you know that'd be a good aspect too we could take i just don't want them to break my kids you know what i'm saying that's really the fear right so uh 
shit, I'd love it if they kick in with algebra. The algebra I, book I got is from the 1960s, and I struggle with it sometimes. So I'm like, fuck, this is serious. So it's like, it's, it's like, you know, it's not like I wouldn't want the help, but what's the cost? You know, I mean, what happens when your kid comes home telling them that I don't know who I am on the inside? You know, what does a parent do with that? It's already a struggle making it through childhood, making it through puberty, making it through that part of life. You know, you don't oh, understand yeah. jack shit. You got to count on people whom you can supposedly trust to explain it to you. You know, the last thing you want is adults in that kind of position telling your kids something that destroys their whole life. So it's like, what do you do? We'll just have to search for everything animated is the key. It sounds like whatever you want to learn animated, how to unlearn you know, common core math and anim animated. Yeah. Common core is fucking evil, dude. No shit. It, <laughs> it teaches their kids. To, it teaches I've heard them horror stories. Yeah. Dude, it's so bad. When I was talking to an engineer about it, he's like, if you tried to visualize these concepts and come up with something, you would have a car where the front end would face one way and the back end would face another way because of the way the concepts visualize. And, and he, he basically said that if they continue teaching them this math, that their um, spatial understanding skills of visualization are going to be like crippled. And so you got to know how important that is to be able to walk up on something and visualize it being there before you approach it. Because sometimes you won't even begin to know where to start if you don't have that ability. And they're taking that away from them, dude. And that's some scary shit, too. That is. Uh, comment here from Steady Presence. Uh, Screw algebra, keep their light bright. <laughs> <laughs> I heard that, buddy. I heard that. No, it's not something I want to do. It's something that my wife's like, she needs to learn algebra. And I'm like, really? Does she? But does she? <laughs> do you use algebra? <laughs> so anyways, the wife says, so it's, it's better. I think that book from 1960s will be just fine. I'm pretty sure 1960s <laughs> oh, yeah. algebra is just is better than 2022 algebra. So. Yeah, and that that was why that that was specifically why we got it when we ran up on it and we saw the date and we knew for a fact they weren't going to have that bogus math in there. It's just, man, you were the things that they used to learn earlier. We're dumb. Like as a society, we're not smart and they are making us dumber as we go. And it's uh, and it's just something you can almost markedly see now. Uh. Two more comments from Steady Presence before we move on to the last question here. I always keep in mind that Woodrow Wilson didn't learn to read until he was 11 and he turned into a scholar. And a war criminal, but eh, I'll take it. I was, I was just fitting to be like, well, you know, probably yeah. number one worst evil motherfucker that ever ran. It could have gone but, either yeah. way, though, right? It, I mean, it right? <laughs> goes the wrong, wrong way. All right. No, that's um, great. <laughs> no, you know, they, go, yeah, ahead. go ahead. No, I was just going to say there, there's a lot of people that, that started out with humble beginnings that became quite powerful in the end. Uh, yeah. Hopefully just for the good. That's that's it. You know, good's a choice, right? Um, I believe in that. I believe that good's a choice, right? Like, uh, Every day. yeah, because if, if you're not, if you're benign, right, if you, 
you won't hurt nothing or help nothing, then you're not, you're not really actively making a choice to be good. You know, you got to choose to be good, so to speak. That's right. What would you tell people that want to get started in homesteading, homeschooling, any of it? Do it today. Don't wait. Like get you, get you a pot, plant that shit in your, in your, in your window, put it in your window, do it today. Uh, start with it. simple things, hard to kill, uh, some herbs, um, do it today. You want to homeschool your kids? That's a scary thing, but only starting out. And then it turns out to be like free, fun, exciting. It teaches you things like it makes you think on levels that you ain't thought of in a long time because you're trying to get on a level that they can understand. And then you're trying to explain it. So really, you're re-explaining it to yourself in a way that, that you even understand simply and clearer. So it's uh, do it. Like do and then and then if you're worried about well I got work at this time you know what homeschool don't have to go on at fucking normal school times if that's not what you I know people that don't start their homeschool till the afternoon all morning long there's no homeschool because that's not in their then in their scheduling but they do their homeschooling around two to like dinner and so it's like that it's a different thing and you have a lot of control over how you administer this you know what I'm saying so like don't be scared even though it seems like a frightening thing you know because it is in the beginning because you don't know and that's what makes it scary right but fucking do it especially if you're in one of those states where they're actively trying to fuck your kid up i mean what are you trading here you know what i'm saying what are you doing to their future how bad are you willing to break their beginning so you have your now that's something you got to think about yeah it's um I listen to a lot of homeschool like podcasts and, you know, people that are, that are in it. And like, it's homeschooling isn't always the answer, but whatever works for you guys, like it's literally anything other than like government school is pretty much going to be the answer. Very rarely is government school, the answer for any like individual child, um, let alone the masses. Right. I mean, figure out how to how to make it work like whatever your like learning style your because that's the other thing right because you got five kids so that's five different learning styles oh boy so, so maybe homeschooling isn't for all of them maybe it's for half of them and the other two and a half need uh, to learn a different way who knows do one of those like uh i don't know like outdoor schools or like waldorf or something i don't know well, you know, and, and that's really, and you know, um, have a little faith in your kid, you know, like, uh, there's a lot of shit you don't remember from school. I know, right? Like, we're old. We don't remember that shit. <laughs> How much shit in elementary school do you not remember? So, you know, have a little faith in your kid, right? Right, exactly, dude, exactly. Just the they're, they're gonna be, <laughs> Right, right, just like the paddling and shit, right? And it's like, uh, yeah, all right, I went to I'm old, so I went to one of those kind of schools. But uh, it's like, I don't know, man. Uh, when it when it comes down to it, uh, it doesn't it doesn't matter what it costs because of what it pays, you know. So it's like it ain't even about you. 
at that point. I mean, right. you got to look around and see how much can you trust those where you're at. If you're in a small town where everybody knows each other, you know, we got a good shot at like teachers not wanting to, to ruin their hometown by being somebody that's talked about. So you got a good shot at that. But if you're in one of these cities, man, that obviously ain't going in your direction of liberty and, and things like that, then you just got to think about what they're doing to your kid. And, and you got to go kind of see, look at the curriculums they're offering. Look what they're talking about. Go to the school and visit at lunch and look around at their peer group and see how they're dressing, see how they're acting, see how they're talking. You got to know. Don't be scared of that. Sometimes we're too scared to know that answer because then we have to make a decision. But if you need to be pushed, go go get that push because it's for the best for you and your kid. There's got to be something that they're teaching your kid that you're not going to like. Like, and yes. their their minds are so like so like absorbing of like everything, and so it might not seem like a big deal. Like, oh well, I'm not like crazy about that, but I guess it's okay. Like, no, it's like think of it like a like a splinter in their like mind, and it's gonna fester right. into something awful. Perfect so. example. Perfect example. Hey, I agree one hundred percent. They'll, they'll drop poison pills in your child's mind and, and it, it'll, it'll be the most destructive part of their life. Yeah. Um, last, last comment here. Steady presence. Homeschool loft cast is a good one. They're near us. I'm assuming that's a podcast and they're located around where steady presence is, which is Wisconsin. So you have to, you have to comment comment back and let let us know exactly what that is if that's a podcast or if that's like a learning style curriculum something or other um but yeah what uh what else did you want to wrap up on man oh uh you know uh i don't know like uh as it stands i suppose uh you guys look around you know what's coming i mean if you wait it's at your own peril I mean, I don't know what to tell you other than that. Uh, it'll change your life. All for the better, in my opinion. Uh, makes you appreciate. I mean, it just, it's good for your soul. You know? So when it comes to that, that's what I would say about like homesteading, trying to grow and build and do, you know. Uh, makes you a better person, guaranteed it sounds like what you're saying is there's no downsides. Like, okay. So like if you start gardening and like, let's say you, you're, you're kind of adequate at it and like, okay. So maybe you only got like a couple tomatoes and a couple onions or something like that. Well, then you still like learned how to do that thing. Yeah. Like yeah. even if, yet, if even if you pretty much sucked at it, you know, but then if yeah. you liked it, you can get into it like a lot more. And even if you didn't like it, but it's supplementing some of like your inputs from like buying tomatoes and onions at the store, like, and with the price of like material, I was going to say materials, price of food just going crazy. Well, I I'm not crazy about having to do this, but it's saving me money, so I'm going to keep doing it. So, yeah, and supplementing is what you're going to do. Replacement, even back in the day, it wasn't replacement. 
I mean, like, that's just something that, that folks got to get out of their head, that they can do it all and replace everything. You can't. Unless every one of your neighbors around you is doing the exact same thing you're doing. And even then, you'd still have to break it up. Some of you'd have yep. to do this. Some of you'd have to do that. So your goal set, if you, if you think your goal set is complete and total replacement, you got more money and time than I got because I can't see that happening for normal people. But what I can see happening is your nutrient level won't go down. You, you'll be able to eat pretty much when you need to. Even if you got to supplement, uh, because you know money's funny and price everything's stupid. So you're only buying a quarter or half of what you were getting. Well, lucky for you, you're growing the other quarter or the other half. You know, and then mm -hmm. good thing too, you got people that wasn't as prepared as you, but they got shit you want, so they're willing to trade for it. I'm just saying, man, these things they were around a long time before we were civil. We were doing all this before we had a government to tell us to or people making rules for us. That's how we got along. I don't feel like uh, we're so far away from that, that that won't come back to us in a level that that's going to be adequate enough for folks to stay afloat. Yeah, it's uh, it's kind of surprising that we didn't really even get into the community until just now that about like this whole this whole time we haven't even touched on community, but that'll have to be another another topic for another time. Maybe maybe on a All Twitter right, space. Fine. I'll catch you on a Twitter space and uh, be like, "Hey, Anytime. community, yeah, community." Yeah, if you ever see me in a room, most of the time people know who I am there. Uh, like eighty percent of the time, I hang out with my you know people that know me. So uh, you know, you ever see it, you just pop on in, dude, and uh, I'll get you a mic. I'm with, and I'm with him. Hang I'm out with him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just hang out, dude. Uh, I do have a little bit of a reputation on the spaces, a little bit. So uh, yeah, I get asked quite a few questions. That's awesome, dude. I've learned I've learned a ton. This is a really fun interview, and I'm I'm glad we could connect this way because like you jumped Thanks, into one of fun. my Twitter spaces one time, and I was like, this guy. Like, I got to know more about this dude. Like, he sounds, he sounds nuts. I want to talk to him. I appreciate that. I like to be a little nuts, you know, because uh, how life would be so boring if you wasn't a little bit mad, right? Right, right. Okay, so if people want to follow you, you are on Twitter at MyRoosterWisdom. So My Rooster Wisdom. link for that in the show notes. And hey, man, I just wanted to say I uh, appreciate you being here tonight been a lot of fun absolutely it was great thank you bro i appreciate it you have a great night thank you you too all right bro. very entertaining and crazy interview with chicken whisperer loved hearing his backstory and talking with a real salt of the earth father and husband i'd love to see his place someday thanks for watching everyone leave a comment like subscribe and most importantly share this video you can check us out on fountain fm podcast player or you know a different one whatever i think you'd like fountain though uh, you're in Satoshi's just for listening, if that's your thing. And if you, it's not your thing, you could tip me in Satoshi's. It's my thing. I'll take them. I'll take them from you. Visit our website, farmhoplife.com. Sign up for our email list or Telegram channel there to be notified when new videos, interviews, and podcasts are available. We are on YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, MeWe, and Float. Email me anytime, matt at farmhoplife.com. 
Go to uh, farmhoplife.com slash 20x23 to check, learn more about our 20 by 23 project where we're going to visit 20 homesteads in the year 2023. And I'm always looking for new people to interview. If you want to come on to talk about homesteading, farming, food security, homeschooling, regenerative agriculture, alternative building methods, or something else, pitch me an idea. Go to farmhoplife.com slash guest. Go feed yourself. Inside of the city, the people are crazy. Out of their minds, they ain't got a clue. We gone away, headed west for Montana. Left family and friends, all I got now is you. We both got new jobs, a host and a homestead, thinking this was the life. All that there'd be After our firstborn You had to stay home That's when the work Got in the way for me Well I started Farm Hop Life You'll come to your farm To help and to wander Me and the family A trunk and an RV Send us a message and there 